0: Welcome to the Parenting Cipher, where each episode will give you the tools and resources to help your child thrive in school and in life. Please rate and review this podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback. And also hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Today we're being joined by William Atkins the Fourth and his mom Tanya. And they're representing the Tourette's Syndrome Association. And I would love if you would introduce yourself. I know that you go to McKinley Tech High School.
1: Greetings <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are, if that is the case. My name is William Agnes IV. (laughs) I currently attend McKinley Technology High School. I'm a senior. When COVID wasn't here, I was on the varsity swim team, and I'm a part of a program called Men of Tech, and I'm also a rising leader for the National Terrestrial Association of America.
0: Okay, so I'm one of those people that whenever I hear certain schools, I always think they're in my hometown, and then I find out we're not the only ones. Are you in Washington, D.C., or are you somewhere
1: else? Yeah, we're in Washington, D.C.
0: Okay, see, I'm in D.C. too. Are you? Yes, but I am a rambler, so <laughs> I went to Eastern. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: did you? Okay, hey yeah. okay,
0: I went to Bomba. Bomb. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was like, wait a minute, McKinley, you you right around the corner. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, I would say, what is it like to have Tourette's? But before we talk about what's it like, what is Tourette's? A lot of people don't understand it.
1: Okay, <laughs> so the easier way for me to say it before I like actually define it, <laughs> how I tell people who really can't grasp onto it's like. <laughs> Just imagine as soon as you wake up in the morning, like an imaginary backpack just straps to your back, like a backpack. Your body just moves all day and you make sounds and noises all day without your own permission. Like it just happening. And then as you're winding down, getting ready to go to bed, that's when the backpack, it loosens up. And then when you go to sleep, it just disappears. And then when you wake up the next morning, it's on again and you go throughout the day with the backpack on, like (coughs) all day. You know, whatever you're doing, the backpack is there. Then when you go to sleep, it's off and it continues just like that. But the actual definition of Tourette's syndrome is a neurodevelopmental disorder that affects one's body and voice. So basically, it's motor tics and vocal tics. I have both. That's what makes it Tourette syndrome. If you only have motor tics, you have chronic tic disorder. But if you have motor tics and vocal tics, that's Tourette's syndrome. And motor tics is kind of like how you see my throat. It just, you know, my shoulders, I'm a little excited and nervous at the same time. So my body just moves uncontrollably. It's, there are involuntary movements. And what you're hearing now is the vocal tic. So that's what makes up Tourette's syndrome. And it's a lot to it, but that is, I think, the gist of it.
0: So what is it like? What's a, you just gave us a day in your life. But what is it like growing <laughs> up with Tourette's and
1: making friends? Ooh, okay. So I would say for this one, growing up, when I was in fourth grade, that's when I started cracking my neck like that. And I remember sometimes like my neck used to hurt. And my grandma would tell me to just move my neck around like that. But she never told me to crack my neck. So <laughs> when I was in elementary school, people used to call me Tornado Neck. And Ooh. you know, as a kid, when someone says something to me, I say something back. So we keep having fun. I was a kid, I never endured any bullying or anything like that. So when I got fifth grade, it kind of went away. Sixth grade, I inherited the coughing one. And sometimes I used to bug my mom like all the time. Especially like when I used to go to sleep at night, like we would be about to go to bed and everyone would be winding down and I would just be coughing. And she'd be like, William. And I'd be like, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. And she'd be like, it was like, it was just, I don't know, it was just something that I couldn't control. So I didn't really know what was going on, neither did she. So it would happen all the time, though, like all mm-hmm. the time, constantly, like multi- every night sometimes. So 6th grade, I had that. And when I used to go to school sometimes, people would just ask me if I was sick, like if I had a cold. So to prevent those questions all the time, I would just say yes, even though I was not sick all the time. <laughs> so i <I'm> great. <laughs> It was fine. Eighth grade, I didn't have like any actual motor tics. Sometimes I used to hit my leg and stuff like that, though, but I still didn't know what it was. <laughs> and ninth grade, when I got to high school, it was like nothing. I had nothing at all. And then 10th grade, that's when it just like jumped out like that, when like, it just came. <laughs> and I noticed that it started to get worse. Chemistry. It was one of the classes where some days I could do exceptionally well, and then like I would get the material just like that, and I could help my other classmates. And then other days, I wouldn't get it at all, and I would fail the tests and the quizzes, and I had a tick that made my head throw itself back and forth like that. And I had headaches and stuff like that, really bad headaches. But the front part... (laughs) I make friends pretty easily, but the only thing that I would say, like making friends, after I accepted the fact that I had to write, then making friends has been a lot easier for me, like regardless of if just, you know, like an in-classroom relationship with someone or an out-of-class or, you know, my best friend, I I make friends pretty easily.
0: So you said accept, you had to accept it. Yes. So what was that like? Did your mom help? Because I have a daughter and she was diagnosed later maybe around eighth grade with ADHD, and yeah, she was not accepting <laughs> that. <laughs> my mom,
1: yes, of course she helped. I used to cry about it all the time because I didn't really understand why. I always used to ask myself, you know, like, what's going on? Why me? I, I couldn't understand it. Like I said, I had this tick that I used to make my head go up and down, <laughs> and I would, like, sort of dodge lunch sometimes. I wouldn't and to lunch, and I would put, like, hoodies on my head, I will put my head down all the time. Like, I wouldn't be in the hallway. Like, normally I would, you know, conversate with people in the hallways, but I just stopped doing it. I kind of secluded myself. And I went to church one day, and my pastor said that, he basically said a word, something along the lines. Like, I can't quote him because I don't remember it. Like, you know, like that. But he basically said something along the lines like, God gives everybody something different for a reason. And that's when it clicked like that. I was like, okay, I think I you know, I'm starting to understand it. And I talked to my mom. Actually, what helped me, what really pushed me to accept it was I went to my friend's birthday party at a restaurant called Maggiano's. The food wasn't good, but the experience that I had was really good. So my friend, her mom, I was ticking, and her mom just kept asking me all these questions. And I didn't know the answer to none of them. So she just it wasn't like I was getting annoyed with the questions, but I could only answer a couple of them because I didn't know a lot. And it was like, every time she asked one, I would answer it. And then I would think that she was going to start with the questions, but they <laughs> kept rolling. And I was like, well, I don't know the answers to your questions, unfortunately. And she was like, well, do you talk about it on your social media? And I was like, no. I never had thought about that ever. And I was like, no. She was like, well, you should start doing that. And I was like, okay. So I told my mom about it. We talked about it. And she gave me an A-OK, and I think I started, like, the first video I made was uh, my sophomore year, like, mm-hmm. the number of my sophomore year. And as I started doing that, that's what helped me accept it. And now I'm 100%, like, I don't know the word, but...
2: Self-love, maybe? Mm-hmm. No, that's,
1: like, not accountable, but, like, 100%, I can stand on my own two feet and, you know, actually accept, like, fully accept the fact that I have Tourette's syndrome every single day.
0: So as part of that one of the reasons why you decided to be a youth rep?
1: Yes. (laughs) I actually didn't know about the Tourette's Association at first. I had started posting about it, and I continued posting about it because at school people didn't know what was going on. So I felt like it was just an easier way to tell everyone instead of, you know, everyone looking at me and give me a side eye or something. So a lot of people on social media. So I just felt like it was just easier If you see the post, you see the post and you know. So the Terrest Association, they reached out to me. And when I started, I didn't know anything about it. But when they reached out to me, I was excited. I showed my mom. And ever since then, I've been a part of it.
0: Okay. But that makes sense. And social media, it does help you with acceptance. Yep. That was one of the reasons why I started the podcast was just mm-hmm. the more people know, then the more they're able to accept. But, exactly. you know, otherwise they come up their own story. I think that's human. nature. <laughs> yep, exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, we just make up our own story. Yep. So what about your goals and aspirations? So are you a senior yet?
1: Yes, I am a senior. Yes.
0: Oh, man, you got to graduate. COVID.
1: Yes. Yeah. No, so no, what no. is that looking like? What are your goals? That's like okay. So my goals, <laughs> my goals, I'm pretty goal oriented. I get that from my mom. My mom is the type of person who when she has a goal, like she just gets it done. It doesn't really matter what it is or how long it takes or what it consists of, she gets it done like just like that. Like
0: <laughs> you
1: know? sometimes certain goals take longer than others, but she always gets it done. That's who I get that from. <laughs> but aside of my goals. I would like to graduate. I know I'm going to graduate. I have three A's and a B right now. So I'm doing pretty good virtually. I've never had, I like virtual learning. I love virtual learning. I'm all for virtual learning. I know (laughs) other people, some people can speak differently, but me personally, I love virtual learning. Goal-wise, like, what do I see myself in the next five months? I would say, what's this, like March, April, May, June, July. July, it'll be summertime. So I'll have an internship. Maybe I'll start hitting the gym up or something like that. Who knows? Um, I hope we have a prom. They said we're going to have a prom. So I have no clue about that, though. But I feel like if we have a prom, we'll have a graduation because we was talking about a class how I think it was like 25,000 people at the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. So, it's only like 600 of us. It's only like 138 people of us, 150 of us in my class, and we all get 10 tickets. So, it'll be about 500 people at our graduation. So, I think it's doable. Like, it's going to be a risk, but I think we all would like a graduation that we can actually be there in person and toss out caps and, you know. <laughs> and, stuff. <laughs> right. and okay. i think yes that's it for my goals and i hope to get into my number one school i got into 12 colleges so far so now i'm just waiting on my number one
0: so what's the number one
1: university of california los angeles
2: oh mom how do you feel about that <laughs> Well, you know, I have mixed feelings, to be honest. So on the left hand, I'm excited for William and I want him to go to his destiny because I feel like success is everything. And I don't want to be that mom to hold him back to say, up, California is too far, boy. And I can't get there when I need you. So I'm entrusting. I have instilled great morals and values in my son. He know right wrong. He know what to do, what not to do. And I really believe that he's going to be successful. I know this. <laughs> so on the right hand, I want him to go and I want him to, you know, do what he do. I want him to follow his heart, follow his dreams and be successful. So I'm willing to let him go. And then, you know, you never know. I may move to California with him. Okay. You know what I'm saying?
0: I hear it. I, I hear, say, hear it. You do what you do. Okay. So with that being said, one of the things I always talk about on my podcast or about my kids, I always say to parents, your job is to make sure that your child can sustain themselves, that they're okay. So we already (laughs) know you've done a great job. Mr. <laughs> ambassador, and you've owned it and you understand how to work in the world. And that is like, congratulations, both of you. Thank you. As people of color, you know, we see a lot of stories, success stories about other people, but we don't really see
2: a lot of, exactly. of success stories about ourselves. You're right. I mean, I think, you know, we have to push our kids to want to do better. I feel like I've taught him everything. You know, you can wash clothes. You wash your dishes. You know, you're self-sufficient. You know the things. You know what you're supposed to do. You know, you got to do your homework. He's called organizing and planning. And that's what he do. So he got this.
0: Right. And that's why you get virtual school. Because a lot of kids that's are doing virtual exactly.
2: He's good. He got a 3.8. He's good. He's good. He knows because when you organize and you plan, (coughs) it leads to success. It does. I shouldn't have to keep saying, did you do your homework? Did you do your math homework? Did you do your reading? Did you do this? No, he knows. So he on it. Okay. so California. I know it's a far way, but I believe I know that God will be with him and I know he'll do the right thing. Most definitely. We'll do the right thing. Oh, definitely. It's not like, oh, I don't I know what he's, he's doing. He's there he's going there to do something. And that something is to get education. So what's your major?
1: My major is gonna be public relations with a minor in criminology.
2: Come on now.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it because I'm hearing your calling. That's what I love about that. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So Miss Tanya, yes. yes, throughout his journey, I know oh, mom well. is all up in that. You know it. <laughs>
2: you know it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was it like? Was it, I'm not going to say it was easy, but did you have to go to a lot of doctors? Were you able to finding and navigating, like getting him tested and everything was easy? Or was it something where you
2: kind of like had to figure it out? Well, actually, it was pretty easy. The hard part was not knowing what it was. Mm. say when he was at night, I was like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? I can't sleep. And I always thought that it was his asthma because he has asthma. Oh, That's when he, that call, I know that could be his asthma. So now he's distinguished. Is it terectic or is it my asthma? asthma? So I always assumed that it was his asthma. So I used just like, go get on your beautiful machine and go take your medicine, go get a puff, you know? So it used to like drive me crazy. Like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So, you know, when he was starting to go through the motions and when it let up, I was like, okay, this stuff is gone. I'm so happy. Oh boy. Then, like he said, when he got to 10th grade and that chemistry started, you know, kicking his butt, it just jumped on him. It just like, bam, here I am. I ain't leaving now. So it was like, okay, this is weird. Like something's really going on, but I just don't know what. So Mm -hmm. it started because he was sick one day and I took him to Kaiser just for like through the emergency room, urgent care. Mm-hmm. And he was still doing <clears throat> that cough. And I said to his doctor, I said, excuse me, but he ran out of albuterol. Can you please give him some albuterol, prescribe him something so you know he can get rid of that cough for his asthma? She said, that's uh, my asthma call. I said, yes, it is. She said, no, it's not. She said, it's called a tick. I said, a tick? What's a tick? I, what is a tick? You know? <laughs> she was like, oh, you never heard? No, nah, I ain't know nothing about no tick. What's a tick? So she started telling us what a it tick was. It's a neurological disorder. It could be motor. It could be vocal. But at that point, all she heard was the vocal one. It mm-hmm. well, was like, yes, you need to do some research. And I'm surprised your doctor didn't tell you. No, my doctor didn't tell you. She said he had asthma. Okay. So I said, okay, well, thank you. So I'm going to do my own research. So that's exactly what we did. We came home and we did our research. So. I'm reading, I'm researching. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is interesting. Never heard of Tourette's, never knew what it was. I'm like, really? So then it clicked, like the people that swear. Oh, that's what Tourette's is. But you never know. I didn't know that it included all these other things because all you hear is the swearing part. Yep. Well, as we, you know, I kept going and kept, you know, researching. And I was like, this is a neurological disorder. So you need to go see a neurologist. So I took him to two neurologists. One of kids and one of children. Mm-hmm. So both of them said the same thing. They gave him the test. They did all the, you know, the tests that he needed to have and blood work, all that stuff. And they came up with the same findings that so he has Tourette syndrome, which consists of more than two ticks, a motor and a vocal one. Mm-hmm. So that's when they put into play a 504 for him at school. Mm-hmm. that's the path that we traveled down. So, you know, meeting with his teachers at school, his counselor, who has been a great help, really a great help. You mm-hmm. know, she put everything together, met with the teachers and we discussed about his time and a half when he takes tests, SATs, we just went through everything. So right. that was like a blessing for William. He need that and it carries on with him for college. Right. So to me, it was easy because I did the work. I researched it and I did what I needed to do. Now, had I known differently, you know, prior to that, but I just didn't know. So, you know, and sometimes I kind of beat myself up because I'm like, Dad, I feel so bad that I used to get so annoyed when you did that. And now I know that, you know, you had to rest. I feel awful. <laughs> like, okay, you can't beat yourself up for Robert. So, you know, yep. I'm kind of forgive myself because I feel like, okay, you need to move past this. So
0: I've moved past it. Yeah, you have to. For my daughter, I used to say, why are you having a Barbie moment? Because she had ADHD, so she literally, everything was free. She would do a work, and she would just sit there. And I would be like, oh, like, airhead, like, you know, Barbie. I'm so wrong. But I'm like, why are you sitting there like a Barbie? And I look at some of the things I would say, and I would be like, oh. And you feel my- awful, right? I feel so bad. But she's 20, she's 22 now. So now it's like. I did the best I could, oh, yeah. you know, and let's keep it popping, but yeah, you did have that know. moment because it's like that space of time that you did not know mm-hmm. and some of the accusations. I know. You didn't study hard enough. Yeah. All you
2: had to do is focus.
0: Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> I'm glad that we caught it and we know, you know, so we deal with it and, you know, he be just fine. He's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. got you. That's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. you got each other. That's right. <laughs> yeah. talking yeah. about my they got me the little crazy selves. They got me all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want to be got a journey. It's a journey together. Yeah. And that's one of the things I like people to understand is like you're on a journey together. As you grow, your kids grow, as your kids grow, you're growing. That's true. And we're being flexible because yeah. the parents oh, the, our journey. Yeah, that makes because, a lot you know,
1: of sense. Okay. That makes a lot Thank of sense. you for that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's your journey together, man. It can be a beautiful thing. Sometimes it can be a funky thing. Yeah. Uh, when you said, I've accepted it. I smile so hard. Because when one person,
2: when the parent accepts it and the child doesn't, it, it doesn't feel right. So we had to accept it. So for me, it's like telling William, you know, it's called self-love. Because if you don't love yourself, I mean, oh, I'm, me and daddy going to love you unconditionally. Unconditionally, grandma, everybody. But it starts from you. So yeah. you have to accept everything in your being from the head to the toe. So you got to love all the volume, the good, the bad, the ugly, the ticks. everything It's called self-esteem as well. So once I instilled those things in him and he, you know, did some things on his own, he accepted it. Right. He, 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 it? It? And he, say, he said, I make friends easily. That's because you love yourself. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. if you don't love yourself, who I mean, come on. No one wants to be your friend. Self-esteem <laughs> is down here. Way down deep, deep, deep. <laughs> you got no. way up, top, up there through the sky. That's self-esteem. Self-love, you know? Gotta have it.
0: So I want to talk about this swimming. Okay. okay. So when you swim, do you still have the ticks, Or because you're in motion and it's like, you know, no, you don't?
1: Not at all. <laughs> I think it's because the water be so cold, honestly. Ooh, <laughs> I noticed that when I was in 11th grade because I swim competitively. So I'm always swimming against other people. And even when we practice, the water in our pool is never, ever, ever warm. We never, like some days, the water is warmer than other days, but it's never warm. Like sometimes, you know, you may stick your foot in like that and you're like, okay, it's still cold, but (laughs) it's not freezing cold. So that's more comfortable days. Then you have the days where, you know, you stick your foot in, you be like, mm mm. And my coach would be like, get in. I'd be like, nah. <laughs> and so he always be like, I'm going to count to 10. But he always goes like, one, five, <laughs> like 10, And sometimes I even start all the way over because, and then I just jump in. And then once you like, you know, you move around in the water and you dip your head and everything, your whole body is indulged in the water, then you'll be fine. But yeah, I don't have ticks when I swim at all. Like, I'm perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, I don't like the water. (laughs) When you said cold, I was like, no,
2: no. Yeah, because I was a little concerned about that, too. I was like, well, wait a minute. How are you going to swim in you have
1: Oh, and I didn't know how to swim at first Exactly.
2: He never knew how to swim. (laughs) Let me tell you something. He came home and said... Ma, I'm joining the swim team. I said, Boy, you're not joining no swim team. You can't even swim. How you gonna <laughs> join the swim team? You are not joining no swim team. He said, "Mom, for real, I'm gonna join the swim team. And I was like, But you can't swim, boy. He was like, They're gonna teach me. I'm like, Yeah, okay. Okay, so I let it go. Okay, he's gonna join the swim team. Cool. So then you know, he's staying after school, he's learning how to swim. I'm like, Well, how's it going? He like, Oh, I'm good. I'm just like, oh, okay. So then he comes home and says, "Mom, we gotta swim me. I said, a swim me. <laughs> Okay, well, where the swim meet at? Was it at Easton?
1: No, it
2: was at H.D. Wilson. H.D. Wilson. That was the first one I had. First one, right? So me and his brother, my youngest son, we go to the swim meet, right? And I'm like, oh, my God. Both of us nervous, me and my son. my little <laughs> nervous, fight. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. There's William right there. So I'm like, okay, I'm so scared at this point. He's scared. I'm scared. I'm like this. He like this. I'm like, oh what's going to happen to him in the water? Jesus, oh, my God. So we praying, right? So the gunshot, pow, he jumped. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, he know how to swim. <laughs> and I mean, just seeing him in action, it was amazing. Because I was like, this boy didn't know how to swim. But he's at 12 feet jumping off the diving board. He can swim. I mean, swim me after me after me. I was like, this is amazing. That was wonderful. That was a good experience. I'm so happy for him. I'm happy for you, William. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I would have been like, are you sure? Are you like you already know I was nervous, right?
0: You you know, and then I do this thing for my kids because they have anxiety. So it's almost like if I'm giving them the side eye, right? Like, maybe not. Right. Then I feel bad. I'm like, oh maybe you should (laughs) have. Now what you have encouraged me to do both of you is to just be positive. Be like, yeah, you can do it.
2: Exactly. It was amazing though. I was scared, but he did it. I was like, this boy can swim. Oh my goodness. Swim. (laughs) Man, this.
0: I'm in awe. Not even because you had to rest with you, but because. <laughs> you didn't know how to swim and then you joined. You didn't know club. how to swim and next you know you're at a meet and it's like, uh
2: huh. Well, it didn't take him that long either.
1: I had a meet like the first month after I started swimming. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was mm-hmm. pretty fast.
2: Because I was like, how do you just learn how to swim like that, that fast? But
1: he did it. At first, I used, I think what helped me the most, we used to hold on to the wall and one hand is on the wall and then you swim with the other. And then eventually you had to get off the wall, so I started learning how to swim, but I used to swim my head up. But now i can swim, swim my head down. I do freestyle, backstroke, and I do relay.
0: Wow. I'm one of the people that I learned how to swim mm-hmm. when I was younger, and then I didn't get in the water, so I might know how to doggy battle. Okay. But I still like to get in the water, though. I'm not as I'm getting in the water, but you know, my ex-husband mm-hmm. used to be competitive, so I know it's hard. It is hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's what Like... A lot of people don't think so, but that's yeah. where work. You gotta know what you're doing too. Hmm. That is true. You're going down <laughs> if you don't. Okay. <laughs> so then, this is the parent cipher. It's called the cipher because it's like a nod to hip hop. So I asked you, William, what's your favorite song, and you said, "You're the Man" by Allo Black. Yeah. Why is that your song? I love that song. When I heard it, I was like, "Come on now!"
1: You've heard it before. I like that song because. It's uplifting, like, when you listen to it and you hear the words like, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Yes, I am, yes, I am, yes, I am. So I'm also just give you the thought when you listen to it. I really like that song. sometimes, I'm like, when I get my haircut and it come on, on the Bluetooth, you know, you feel good about yourself. And even when you don't have a haircut, still in general, it just, it makes me feel really good about myself and the young man who I am as of now and the young man I will become in the future. So I really do really like that song. I think I heard that song in, like, sixth grade, I want to say, so it's been about six years, and that is a song that sticks with me because I feel like, like you said, being black and being a young man, there is a lot of, I think the words we try tribulations and obstacles and just a whole bunch of different stuff that is thrown our way. And although we do face it it's black men, black young men as well, we do face those things. It's like, we got to keep pushing and keep going and keep striving because when we do we can set examples for other people and i think more so for me i don't only want to set examples for young men as well i want to set examples for young women and girls and older men it doesn't matter who you are humans is what i just think that's what it's all about it doesn't necessarily have to be one group of people i think that if you're a role model and you're a leader people of Different ethnicities, different races, different social backgrounds, different sexualities, different everything. They should be able to look at you and say, like, I learned something from him or her. And, you know, I feel like if I if I listen to what he or she is saying, then I can learn something and I can self-reflect and change my life around for the better. I think that's what a leader is. And that's why I like that song.
0: Okay, that's a mic drop. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please subscribe and go to wherever you listen to your podcast and give us a five-star review that helps us build this community. And that's what we're all about building this community as big as we can to deliver as much value as we can. The parenting cipher podcast is produced by the podcast laundry production company and the executive producer, myself, Jeannie Dawkins. Until next time, remember to be patient with yourself and your child.